Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, are you ready to hear the word this morning? And uh, I'm excited for what God has in store. So I pray that you're awake. You're awake today, not just to hear blah, la 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 because sometimes you can be sitting here but tune out. Uh, but I believe if we actively listen, not just with our ears but with our heart, that we are going to hear what God is communicating to his church. And how many of you know that we exist for a purpose? Yes, amen. Okay. Uh, now, the hard part perhaps for some of us is knowing what that purpose is. As the church, though, our mission is very clear. And with God's help today, I want to preach a message to you entitled, Within Reach. Within Reach. And throughout his ministry, Jesus actually offended religious mindsets. He crossed cultural barriers. He even touched those who were deemed unclean. Though he was on a specific mission during his three years of ministry, he would often stop on his journey and take notice of those around him who were in need. And you see, you can only begin to do that if you are, say it with me, within reach. Within reach. And so Jesus' blueprint for ministry, which is the Great Commission, is not come into the church, but it's rather... Go into the world. And we have it on the screen. It's the one with the blue, uh, the green highlight. So you can all see. Jesus' blueprint for ministry, the Great Commission, is not come into the church. But actually it's the exact opposite. And it's go into the world. Go requires action. Go into the world. If you have your Bible, would you open it with me and stand to your feet if you are able to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. And I want to read to you beginning at verse 18. Matthew 28 verse 18. When you're there, say amen. amen. All right. And here's what it says. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you this morning for your word. I pray that every heart would be alert and attentive to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. And Father, we ask now a strong anointing upon the preaching of your word, upon my mind, my, my lips, my mouth, my heart, that I would speak what you want me to speak, and not of my own thoughts or opinions, but your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I 
How many of you have heard the term the Great Commission? Let me see your hand. You've heard that term before, the Great Commission. We live in a day and age where not everyone is churched. I grew up in church. I, I grew up hearing the Great Commission my whole life. Um, but I remember as a child, I didn't really understand what it was. I didn't even know it was a verse in the, in the Bible. I thought, uh, I don't remember actually what I thought about it. So I'm like, Mom, I, I know the word, the phrase, the Great Commission. Uh, but what does that actually mean? And so she took me to Matthew 28, just like we read. And basically said, well, Jesus was telling his disciples that they had to go into the world and make other disciples. And as I began to listen and learn as I would grow up, it wasn't just a a phrase that we threw around anymore. It actually became very important to my faith because if I don't do what Jesus commanded us to do, am I really being a disciple of Christ? Right? It's, it's a question we have to ask ourselves. Now, to, to be able to, to be within reach of people, we have to go. To be close to people, we have to go. For some of us, it's not hard. Why? Well, because you rub shoulders with your coworkers who maybe you know they don't go to church. Maybe you know they've not had an encounter with Jesus. Um, and there is a whole world of people that we need to still reach. And when Jesus was walking around, I love looking at Jesus and his model of ministry because he didn't just sit on a high platform and open a scroll. I mean, there were times in the temple where he would do that, but most of his ministry as we read it is walking, it's teaching, it's rubbing shoulders with the prostitute, the sinners, the tax collectors, the people that were not too popular and were not too good. And so Jesus, as he did that, we have to understand one thing. When he was doing that, Jesus was making himself accessible to people. And we say he was within reach of those people. And this morning, I just want to highlight from the first few chapters of the book of Mark, some instances where Jesus encountered different kinds of people. And we see his response, because that's what I'm interested in. Why? Because we have every excuse to, to not be within reach of some groups of people. And I'm not saying make sinners your best friends. Um, what I'm saying is we are called to influence those people and, and, and model, display the love of Christ. So that's what we're actually called to do. We're not called to judge them. We're called to be salt and light to those people. And so we have, we said in the video for Easter, the hope. And his name will be the hope of all the world. And maybe you're saved and you're happy because, you know, well, if I die, I'm going to heaven. Well, what about everyone around you? Don't you care enough about other people that what God did for you, you should then in turn do for others? And so that's the, the crux of the message. When Jesus says go, he's saying, you've received love, now go and, and love others. You've received salvation, now go and save others. We love the phrase Hurt people hurt people. Why? Because that's an excuse. I can hurt others. Why? Because, well, I was hurt once. Um, 
Maybe it's not an excuse. Maybe it's legitimate for some people and, and they need help in that in a specific area. But the same is true if we want to say saved people save people. That's how it has to work. Saved people save people. So that's the kind of urgency that we need to have as a church. That's our purpose and our mission. He said, he didn't say, you know, have a great service and that's all you got to do. This is, this is the time where we fill up. This is the time where you are equipped, where you get everything you need to go into the rest of your week and make it count and do the work. And I know that's not a easy you know, to listen to on a Sunday morning because I said, you got to go and do the work. You're thinking, I work all week long. Well, guess what? This is, the, this is the time where you receive the tools to go and do life and to go and save souls because that's what we've been called to do. Whether you like that or not, that's okay. It's what God says in his word. And I'm called to proclaim what his word says. Can somebody say amen? I'll amen that. Or you could say, ouch, I guess. But in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 and 42, we see that Jesus encounters a specific man. And I just want to read it to you. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 42. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion. What did Jesus do? He reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And verse 42 says, instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Now what is interesting and why did I emphasize that Jesus touched him? To understand why it's significant, we need to jump back to Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45 and 46. And, and listen to what it says. Those who suffer from a serious skin disease, a.k.a. leprosy, must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. And they must live in isolation in their place not inside the camp, outside the camp. So here's everyone, and there's the guy with leprosy outside the camp. Sorry, you're not allowed in. You still have that disease? Yeah, we can see it clearly. You're not allowed in. Some way, shape, or form, somehow, he ends up within reach of Jesus. Within reach of Jesus. And, and he's asking Jesus... No one else will go near him. I don't know how he got close. I'll tell you a secret. Jesus must have been within reach of him. And here he comes. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. But he says, if you are willing. And Jesus says, I am willing. And he reaches out and touches him. Jesus didn't have to do that. Did you know that? He did not have to reach out and touch. The word alone would have been power enough. Yet, Jesus wanted to break the norm, the taboo thing. You don't touch them. Jesus bypasses all the rules and regulations. And he says, here you go. Be healed in Jesus' name. It's also an act of compassion. Do you see that? I think of Acts chapter 3, 
the, the, the beggar at the gate. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. It didn't just say that they said that. The very next part says, then they extended their hand and helped him up. Sometimes, if not every time, you're going to be required to reach out and to touch the people in this world that maybe even you yourself have written off as, I just, I can't, I won't stoop that low. And it's a shame that we even say that or think that. And Jesus reaches out and touches him. That's the man with leprosy. The Levitical law spoke against what he just did. Why? Because he was ceremonially unclean. Verse 15. I didn't put a chapter marking, so I can't remember. Chapter 3. There we go. Jesus actually heals someone else. And it's on the Sabbath. Jesus heals in Mark chapter 3 a man who was lame on the Sabbath. And then, of course, all the critics are, are ready to stomp on him. Why? Because he did that on a day of rest. Again, Jesus said, is it a day for doing evil or for doing good? And then they didn't answer him. And so the man was healed. End of story. And this continues on. The book of Mark, if you love action movies, the book of Mark uses the word immediately. I I can't remember how many times. I think 42 is the number I think of. But it jumps from story to story to story, like an action movie, scene to scene. And we see uh, the emphasis is on the works of Jesus and the, the miracles of Jesus. That's the book of Mark. Verse 15 says, A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed. Oh, sorry. What happened in my notes? That's the wrong part. We're going to jump, before I get ahead of myself, to chapter 5 in just a second. But what happens is, as all of these little things are happening, they are all one-on-one scenarios, right? He's not doing a bunch of stuff to a bunch of people. This is just on his journey. There are these people, they, and they approach him. Why? Because he's within reach. And, but crowds now begin to show up. Crowds are interested. And, and even though he told them, hey, you know, keep quiet yet still about this because the time had not yet fully come. Uh, if you read on, you'll see him say that and explain that. But they could not contain what Jesus had done for them. And it says almost in every occurrence that they went around and told anyone and everyone. That this is what happened to me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That what God did in you, you should still be excited 20 years after, just as if it happened today. That you go around and you tell people, this is what the Lord has done for me. You see, being within reach is not that you have to come up with a three-point sermon to tell your friend at lunch or your coworker. All you have to do is say, this is what the Lord has done in me. And if he's done it for me, he can do it for anyone. If you have a need, what is your need? I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to just give Jesus an opportunity to do something in your life. Is that okay? Do you think that they're going to say no? Some might. And I've had people say no to me. And I said, hey, that's okay. I can still pray for them, but they won't know it. But if they let me, 
We've had some great times. And I, I, I have too many stories, but I want to stick to this story in, in Mark. Crowds are following Jesus. It's growing. Jesus, at one point in chapter 4, says, let's, let's go away. Let's get away. Let's cross the lake to go to the other side. Now, you might say, okay, those are some examples of healing, and that's great, but what about some really crazy people in the world? If you ever walk Queen Street downtown, and I'm like, were they talking to me? Oh, no, they're just talking to themselves, and they're having full-on loud conversations and arguments with nobody there. In another city where I lived, I won't say where, but I remember I had a gym membership, believe it or not, that's more for my wife. And, um, and I remember in the locker room, in the change room, there was a, a guy walking out of the shower, um, and he was, like, having an argument. And I thought, who, like, was there a fight that I missed? And what happened, he's, like, getting dressed, and he's swearing his head off and having a full-on conversation with nobody. And... I was just looking around, and I'm like, am I crazy? Am I the only person that is seeing what's going on? Uh, and it didn't happen just once. It happened again and again and again. And then I didn't see him for a long time. And what about those kind of people that we don't know how to deal with, we don't know how to handle? In Mark chapter 5, let's see what Jesus does as he encounters Someone that nobody else could handle. So they crossed the boat because there are a lot of people. He just said, let's go to the other side. And I want to take up reading in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. And here's what it says. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with the chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as often as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smacked and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones." When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. And for Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us. Inside this man. Jump to verse 15. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And then jump to verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus said, No, go. There's that word go again from Matthew 28. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. 
what a great story. And I jumped and skipped a few parts. And we love the outcome, but do we love the man before he was delivered? Do we love the man before he was fully clothed? That implies he was naked before. Fully clothed and then completely normal and sane. It says he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening. I mean, when Jesus showed up, that wasn't the same guy. That wasn't the scenario. And I wonder, the Bible never says why Jesus, like what was the purpose of saying, let's go to the other side. They just wanted to get away from the crowd. But what it also shows me is by Jesus going to the other side, once again, now he was physically within reach of this man that nobody else could, could handle. I just want to highlight again for you the kind of person that Jesus encountered. He was demon-possessed. He lived in a cemetery. That, that alone is enough for me as an excuse. He was violent and could not be restrained. He was unusually strong. He would break those chains off. No one could subdue or control him. He would wander around the cemetery and the hills. While he was doing that, he was howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Like, when you look at the full picture, that's someone that I would be probably just afraid of, hands down. Hands down. But I want you to know that we are still called to minister to people. And we are not to put conditions or limitations on the type of people that we are to reach out to. Can you say amen to that? I mean, it's not, an, it's not easy, I know. But we have to also understand that we're not at this alone. Can you say amen to that part? What did Jesus tell his disciples when he said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them? And he said, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so, shame on me for thinking that I can't do this. Why? Well, because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I have to understand that if Jesus is going to give me a great commission, right, I need to actually go and do something with that. Now, he doesn't, he'll never say go and do this while I wait over here. But he, he will always accompany you on your way. And in fact, he goes before you. He goes before you. He's the way maker in those situations. He sets up divine appointments. And he'll do that when the time comes. But here's the thing. Are you receptive to those opportunities? Is your antenna up? Or are you saying, oh, that person? No, I'm just going to go sit over here for the next 10 minutes. And I hope they leave. Lord, instead of praying, Lord, how can I minister to them? We actually pray, Lord, let that scary person leave. Please let them leave. Let them leave. I know I'm stepping on some toes. And I get it. And it can be scary at times. But here's the thing. How do we minister to those people? How do we reach them? I don't know, and every scenario is different, but here's what I do know. We cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid. I pray for my family every single day in the morning, and I pray protection over them. Why? Because we don't know the scenarios that we will encounter. And if you have a job in the public sector, you don't know what kind of people you'll encounter. If you have a classroom, you have students, you don't know which parent's going to walk in one day and have a, 
a heart to heart and you'd be like, whoa, I wish no one ever said that to me today. No, we need to be ready to minister. Why? Because here's the reason why the church exists. We are the salt and the light of the world, right? So let's not lose our saltiness. Let's not just pass the salt shaker to someone else to do the work when God maybe has called you and I. I wish I could, but I cannot be in each of your certain spheres and circles where you live, where you go to work, where you go to school. I wish I could be there with you to help you, but he's with you. That's, he's much better than me. I wish I could be there to help you, but know that God placed you there for that purpose. He didn't put me there. And as you're there, you're not alone. But he is with you every single step of the way. So my question to you today is, are you living within reach of people? Are you living within reach of people? And I know in the church we we actually use the term outreach. But what does that imply? Outreach means here's where we're planted and we reach out and try to help some people. We're doing outreach. When I'm within reach then everything is right around me, all the way around. Within reach is where we are called to be. When we look at the model of ministry of Jesus, and then we listen to what he commanded in Matthew 28, it wasn't the great suggestion, it was the great commission. And he said, go. If you want to be my disciples, you want to be my sons and daughters, see, we like the blessing of that relationship, but... Maybe we, we have selective obedience when it comes to that. We're like, yes, I will tithe because like, I'm understanding things now. But we're not being salt and light. See, God wants us to have influence in every area, including finances. But especially when it comes to the spiritual side of things where people don't know how, to, how, how do I get healed? How do I get fixed? And they spend money and they don't see results. This man, nobody could help him in Mark 5. No one could even get near him. Yes, he was strong and probably very intimidating, lived in cemeteries and howled like a lunatic. But those were, it wasn't him. As we can clearly see, it was the demons living inside of him. You see, it's very important if we are to be salt and light, and we are the church, and we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus extending to the world, that we don't look with our own eyes. Because then we will just see big, intimidating, scary man. Mark 5. Instead, what, I wonder how Jesus looks. And Jesus probably sees the person for who they are actually are. Because at the end, he's fully clothed and he's completely sane. And he becomes an evangelist, just like this. And starts proclaiming to, the, to Decapolis, the ten towns, everything that had happened. And everyone's amazed. Imagine if we began to look at people to be within reach, yes, but now to look at them, not through our eyes and what we literally see in front of us, but we see through Jesus' eyes and we see them for who God actually made them to be. I think we would respond very differently. Are you living within reach of people? Yes, even the scary ones. It's a, it's a hard question to answer One more thing I want to highlight before we get to the next part of Mark chapter 5. After he's been incredibly delivered from a legion of demons, 
we see that he begged to go with Jesus. He begged to go with Jesus. Why? Well, because maybe he was the only one who could help him. Maybe because he received so much that he, he wanted to stay close to Jesus. But what does Jesus respond to him? Let's take a look again. And it says it right here in verse 19. Jesus said, no. We, some of us would be thrown back. What? He said, no. He said, no. Go home to your family. And again, tell them everything the Lord has done for you. And how merciful he has been. Is that too hard for us? Is that too hard for us? Once Jesus does a redeeming work in us. Some of us just want to spend 365 days at church. Why? Because this is where God did the work. But that's not why God saved you. That's not why God heals you. He does that so then you could go from this place into the world and share what God has done for you. See, we make it very complicated when we say we've got to preach the good news. Because you say, well, I'm not a pastor. I, don't, I never studied how to put a sermon together. Here, let me sum it up for you in the best way I know possible. Tell your story. Tell your story. And we've talked about storytelling a few weeks ago as well. Tell your story. You're like, yeah, but nothing... This is kind of 10 years ago now, Pastor. It doesn't matter. Are you still serving the Lord today? Is he still good? Then it's a lasting work. And then you can tell your testimony and say, and it's been 10 years, and I still love Jesus. I love him more today than I ever did before. And you let people know. See, gone are the excuses. You can find a way to make your story relevant to any environment that you find yourself in. One day I was at um, the mortgage broker's office, he asked me a question. I, told, I, I wasn't even thinking, try to you know, share your story. They asked me, and you know what it was? The trigger in that room with the mortgage broker, I have no, I'm not good with that stuff. That's why I need a, a mortgage guy to help me. But he said, you know, everyone, because we talk about money and buying homes in here. He goes, everyone is very stressed out when it comes to buying a home, especially in today's market. And he said to me, he goes, but you're different. It's like you, just the way you speak, like there's peace there. And I said, let me tell you about the source of that peace. You see, I, I can't talk numbers because I have nothing more to say except can I afford it. But what I can say is when he notices something, I can comment. And in fact, he began to ask me, see, when you're within reach of people and you're salty, and you, you have the light of Christ, they have to notice something's different. Yeah, you don't swear like the rest of us. I just realized that. What, what's up with that? And then, hopefully they'll say that. And then it's your opportunity to tell them. And maybe you used to swear like a sailor in your past, but then Jesus saved you. Then you can talk about that and make it relevant to the conversation. You see, it's not rocket science. Be within reach of people. People will begin to see the difference, and in turn, they will then approach you when you're within reach. And the opportunities will begin to sprout up, and you'll see it. You'll see it. Once you're, you're aware, and the Holy Spirit just, it'll, he'll prompt you, and Holy Spirit will prompt you, but now you have to take action on that. That's Mark 5 with this man. I love the next part, and we're going to wrap this up with this one, because you have to understand, Jesus is walking around. He is on mission. 
He knows his purpose. He knows that he's going to have to lay his life down for the, the sins of the world. So he understands his purpose and his mission. But you have to see that in his three years of ministry, Jesus was very busy and very active. In the next part, it's still in, in Mark 5, right after this, with crowds pressing him in around him, Jesus is asked to go to Jairus' house. Why? His daughter was sick and about to die. So right after this crazy encounter, they go back in the boat. A bunch of people are still waiting. Now he's approached again. Why? Because he's still within reach of people. And, and people have needs. And people today have needs. And people are looking for the real Jesus. And so they find Jesus. Jairus, his daughter is sick and about to die. And he's like, I need you to come with me because my daughter's sick. So Jesus says, all right, let's go. And it's on his way to Jairus' house. And we know this story probably fairly well. And it's come up a few times. Mark chapter 5. He stops. He turns around and he says, who touched my robe? And see, we, we, some of you are smiling we know that story. He says, I felt healing virtue flow out. But did you know that Jesus wasn't actually there to meet her need and to heal the woman with the issue of blood? That wasn't what he was actually there for. He was on his way to Jairus' house. But because he was within reach, someone was able to reach him. And what I submit to you today is, as you work, don't go to work to preach. Go to work to work. And as you're on your way and doing what you are paid to do, right? Do it as unto the Lord. So if you're going to work and you have a job, you do good work. Don't be sloppy. Don't be lazy. Don't cut corners. I don't think that reflects God very well. God didn't cut a corner to get his son on the cross. He didn't pull him off the cross before he was dead. No, he went all the way. And he did it with excellence, with all that he had within him. Everything God does is to a high standard of excellence for you and for me. And if we say we are Christians, this isn't in my notes, everything you do has to reflect your Father in heaven. So do good work. Don't overcharge. God will give you profit if you are faithful. Don't worry. He will bless your business. I don't know how long it will take. Um, but I just will speak this. This is a side note. God has placed in me a burden for uh, those who are starting uh, startups, entrepreneurs, but that are in the startup stage. I don't know fully yet what God is speaking to me about that. Um, but I have a burden for those people that are just getting started. And I'm praying, Lord, if you want me to speak into those lives of people who, are, who have a dream but need to bring it into reality... Uh, for the marketplace, then download information and knowledge to me and wisdom that I can then in turn communicate to your people. I don't know who that's for, but God has been stirring my heart. Yesterday, again, I felt it strongly, and I like, I'm not even really qualified per se, um, but I'm very passionate about those kind of people because you're very creative, you're risk takers, um, you're, you're daring enough to try to do something new. And, uh, and I, I want you to know that if God is leading you to something, and I believe he also is the author of crazy ideas, 
uh, and we'll, we'll download those into his people. And I could share with you a great story about a cookie recipe of one of my friends in Montreal. She's killing it in the marketplace today, and God is blessing her. Um, but I don't know. I just submit that for whoever it is, and I don't know what God is preparing, but maybe we'll do a course uh, on how to, you know, Jesus in the marketplace or something like that. But we bless God. We do things, and when we work, we do it for excellence. While we are going to work, and we work hard, those opportunities will come. Why? Because we're still within reach of people. And Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house. The woman reaches out. And you know what her story was? I spent all the money I have trying to get better. Nothing helped. In fact, I got worse. And this was her last resort, was to reach out and to touch Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but she wasn't supposed to be around either. She had an issue of blood in Leviticus 15. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time there, but it says if a woman has a flow of blood in verse 25, for many days, that is unrelated to her menstrual period, or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she is ceremonially unclean. As during her menstrual period, the woman will be unclean as long as the discharge continues. Any bed she lies on and any object she sits on during that time will be unclean, just as during her normal menstrual period. If any of you touch these things, you will be ceremonially unclean. You must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. So when she touches Jesus' robe, he could have turned around and said, Who touched me? How dare you? You're unclean, now I'm unclean, but Jesus said none of that. He said, who touched me? I felt healing virtue flow out from me. So she was very daring and very bold. And then he says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Jesus was within reach. My question is, are you within reach of people? Are you within reach of people? See, the church has not been called to do outreach We've been commanded to be within reach. We've been commanded to be within reach. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I've been working on a mission statement for our church. Why? Because it'll just, with pinpoint accuracy, always point us in the right direction, if ever you're wondering. And so it's still, we're still chipping away at it. But I want to share with you where we're at on this uh, the mission statement for our church, it's a work in progress, but it's this, to be within reach of people who are far from God and see them raised to new life in Christ. And see them raised to new life in Christ. We want to be within reach of people and then see them raised to new life. Craig Rochelle captures the heartbeat of this theme and when he says this, the church doesn't exist for us. I'm going to say it one more time. The church doesn't exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. See the difference? And so I believe God is calling us as a church not just to show up and attend church, but to actively participate. Don't just come to be a consumer but ask the Lord, how can I become a contributor to what we are doing in this great um, 
in this great church and in this great city. We need to make a difference for Jesus. So just three things as we close. Number one, Jesus was within reach. Number two, we are to be within reach. And number three, Jesus is still within reach. He's still within reach. And I want you to know, if you would stand to your feet with me. Any need you might have, Jesus has not passed you by. I remember a sermon from, I don't know why I remember weird dates. It was July 3rd of 2016 here at our church. We had a guest speaker come and he spoke about how Jesus was walking, but how he would stop. How he would stop. And I want you to know that anytime you have a need, Jesus is still within reach. And if you call on his name, he will stop. And he will, he will minister to your point of need. But once you receive what you've been praying for, you have to understand, go and do that for someone else. Because, see, we have an understanding, hopefully, of how it works with God. We approach his throne. He's not just a genie that we can rub the bottle and, and make your three wishes and poof, he'll do it. No, we have to live and walk in obedience. And a benefit of that relationship is everything else that the Father has in store for his children. What we have to understand is, it's not just for us. God has so much that he wants it for everybody. We have to be within reach, and we have to be willing to be within reach of people. And that's the cry of my heart today. As a pastor, you know, I'm in church a lot because this is my domain. This is where I drive to work. I don't see a lot of, Christ, uh, a lot of unsaved people in church in the office during the week. I have to actually go out of my way. Even at home, I have to get outside my doors, talk to my neighbors. It takes work sometimes to do that. Or else you could become uh, engulfed in this Christian bubble where everything is rosy and peachy. You forget that there are actual needs that, of people that are hurting and that need to know Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the answer. And, and God is calling us, church, to, to share that news, to share the good news to people. And so my prayer is, as we close, that you would feel sparked, like, like it's going to spark and ignite a fire inside of you, especially as we approach Easter. It's a great opportunity. Did you know that Christmas and Easter are the two times in the year where people are likely to show up to church when they're invited? I mean, you might hate the, the, the stat because you say, well, I wish they would come all year around. Well, we have, they're going to they're be open to saying yes in two weeks. Are you going to capitalize on that opportunity. Uh, we have invite cards that I want you to pick up. And this week, your, your homework is to be within reach of people. Don't be in your own world. Be within reach. Be open. Be willing to take some time out of your schedule to meet, for, meet the needs of other people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. For this morning, God, we've seen you do great things. Lord, your presence is in this building Lord, we've prayed for the sick, and Lord, we are believing they will recover. Father, we thank you that you order all things. You are the commander-in-chief. It's not us. You own it all. And so, God, as we go from this place, um, this might be one of the most challenging messages we could hear because it challenges us to go beyond what we are comfortable with. 
And Lord, allowing ourselves to be even vulnerable and within reach of people who are needy and desperate. Lord, I know that as we step out in faith this week to do that, that you are with us every step of the way. Thank you for those encouraging words in Matthew 28 when Jesus said that. And God, I pray that we would never make church um, the biggest deal of the week. We only spend an hour and a half to three hours in this building a week when we spend 165 hours outside the walls of this church. And I pray, God, that as we spend those 165 hours away from church uh, with, with uh, friends at work and colleagues, family, as we rub shoulders with the world, Lord, I pray that the salt and light the fragrance, the aroma, the effect would shine bright for all to see. Lord, give us those opportunities that we have to share what you've done in us. Let us remember it's not complicated to share the good news. It's simply telling our story. And Lord, as we are faithful to do that, even as some of us will invite friends for Easter, God, I pray for open doors now in Jesus' name. I pray for divine appointments to come in Jesus' name. Even conversations that we are not even ready for. But as we enter them, we open our mouth and we see, Holy Spirit, you are giving me the words to speak and we will give you glory at the end of the conversation because it's you speaking and not us. And so God, as we step out in faith, you step in with us every step of the way. So we give you thanks and praise. Be with us as we go into this week. And Lord, help us to remember we are on mission. We are on assignment to be within reach of the world you created so that you can save everyone. That is your heart. May it be our heart too. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.